Welcome to the Real Estate Syndication Spotlight. I'm Annie Dickerson. And I'm Julie Lamb. Together, we're the founders of Good Egg Investments and creators of the Real Estate Accelerator. We help real estate investors and syndicators build their brands, find the right investors for their deals, and scale their businesses so they can do more and bigger deals. We believe that everyone has the power to make an impact through raising capital and helping people achieve financial freedom through real estate. We invite you to join the Real Estate Syndication Spotlight Facebook group so we can amplify our impact together. We know you're going to love this episode. And hey, be sure to stick around to the end of the show because we're going to reveal how you can be our next guest on one of the fastest growing real estate podcasts on the planet. Ready? Let's go. Welcome back, friends, to the Real Estate Syndication Spotlight Podcast. I'm your host, Annie Dickerson, and today I'm thrilled to introduce you to Sergio Altomare. Sergio, how are you today? I'm doing great, Annie. Thank you for having me. Thrilled to have you here. Uh, Sergio, tell us a little bit. I know you're based outside of Philadelphia where it's currently snowing as we were just talking about, but tell me a little bit about um, your story and how you got into real estate in the first place. All right. Thank you. Uh, so my story is, is, is very similar and a little to, took a little uh, few turns uh, from, from most folks. My, uh, we started with um, I had a day job. I was in IT. Uh, I went to uh, Drexel uh, as an adult, but I started in IT at a very young age, 19 years old. I worked 22 years uh, for the Federal Reserve System. Uh, I met my now wife, uh, Corinne, back in 2012. And what started, I had a false start in real estate back in 2007, 2008, where I bought a duplex that was going to house hack. It wasn't called that at the time live in one unit, rent out the other unit. Turned out that the property wasn't zoned as a duplex. I learned a rough lesson on that one. Uh, I told that story in a little, a lot more detail recently on Bigger Pocket. So you can listen to that one if you want to hear all about that. That was a, a, a rough lesson. I took a break from real estate there, just moved out of the city, lived on my own, met my now wife. Uh, we started with just looking to invest in real estate uh, it, for her, it was it was a property where she was going to live in one unit and rent out the other two units. It was a triplex in Philadelphia. Uh, she bought that property. Uh, I I connected her with all the local folks that I knew. Over the the, the next uh, you know few months, we renovated the apartment that she was going to live in. Things were going really well for us. We decided to just rent out that unit. Being that I had an IT background, my my. Uh, instinct was to start implementing software to manage the property. Uh, little did I know what it was going to turn into. It was the following year, we bought another triplex together. And then after that, we started to get make uh, connections in the real estate space, started diving into, well, prior to that, dove into a lot of books, uh, all into real estate, learning the ropes, connecting in the networks, plugging in with the right folks. Turned out that we we made some good inroads with a, a a flipper that was renovating small multifamily properties, and then we started 
basically syndicating. Uh, we didn't have the capital to buy all these properties. My father-in-law uh, had been a part of syndicates for a very long time. He was an attorney out of Los Angeles and introduced, it, introduced us to the concept. If I hear something that I'm interested, I'm a big, a big bookworm. I dove in headfirst, learned what I needed to learn, put together couple deals. Next thing you know, we were syndicating properties, growing our property management business at the same time, uh, grew that portfolio to about 40 units under management. Around 2016, uh, my wife quit the day job. Things were going really well. She also was in IT, worked at the pro as a project manager for the Federal Reserve as well. That's where we met. And then from there, we, we needed to grow. Uh, 2017 was the year my daughter was born. And Having a day job, a night job, and then a child uh, really doesn't work all that well when it comes to uh, lifestyle. So something had to give. It wasn't going to be my child for sure, and it wasn't going to be the business that I started. So I quit the day job, uh, didn't know what we were getting into, but had all the confidence that we'd figure it out. And fast forward, we ended up pivoting from multifamily to self-storage because we wanted to get into bigger apartment communities couldn't make any of those deals work. I still don't understand how people make some of those deals work to this day, but we pivoted to self-storage. Uh, we anticipated a, a market downturn, a recession, pivoted to self-storage, learned that industry. And uh, then I joined GoBundance in 2020. Uh, we bought our first, let me back up, we bought our first self-storage property in 2019. My wife and I operated it ourselves uh, that was a rough go at it, uh, learning that industry, learning that it was more of a business than it was real estate, which we learned quite, quite quickly. Uh, we had to roll up our sleeves there and get to work. Um, and then, you know, from there, it was a matter of growing and scaling. I, I got introduced to GoBundance in 2020. And from there, just being plugged into a super network of high achievers really got me to, to think about growth and scale. And from there, we started doubling down, find the right partnerships, uh, building our business the way it should be, building up verticals. Now we have property management company with 200 units under management. We have over 40 million in assets under management and self-storage, uh, two pro two, uh, 11 properties across two states. Uh, we're under agreement for another couple of properties now. And just to build a rock star team along the way, added a construction vertical and maintenance vertical, uh, added an RV rental business along the way, just because I had the storage facilities and needed something else to uh, add to the collection of businesses. And uh, recently just launched the Pivotal Coaching Collective, uh, which is a coaching platform to be able to share some knowledge. So that's the quick and dirty or the long Ooh. version. <laughs> wow. I love that. It's all, it's almost like a shopping basket full of these businesses. I'll just throw this other one in. Yep. And we'll take this one too. And you make it sound so easy, but what I love about your story, there's a couple of themes that stand out to me. One is resourcefulness and the other is this commitment or this persistence. And it sounds like throughout your story, there were a couple of points in your story where, you know, with the duplex and with multifamily, things maybe didn't go quite according to plan, but rather than throwing in the towel and calling it quits, you figured out a different way to go about it. And I think that's so crucial to succeed in business is there's always going to th be things that don't go according to 
plan and it's how you respond in those situations that makes all the difference. Yeah. So- and and I, I'd like to say that I have, um, I probably have an edge over a lot of, well, I, I shouldn't say that. I, so having a background in IT and technology, right? The technology is constantly evolving, constantly changing. So I, w- I started in tech support. So tech support is just one endless problem to solve one after another. So to me, the skill of problem solving is, is innate in me. Um, it's been cultivated over a long period of time. So when it comes to technology and you put me in front of a computer, I won't stop until I figure out the challenge. So now you, you take that. And I would say that's true for most, most businesses or, or, or most trades there are many skills that cross over and it's really just about being persistent, tenacious, and, and really, you know, not quitting on yourself more than anything. Mm. So take us back to, you made it sound so easy. Like we found out about this whole concept of syndication and then we were like, let's try that. And then it worked. And then we did more deals. So dig in a little bit further for us there. Cause I know a lot of people get stuck there. They hear about it. They read about it. They're like, yeah, I want to do the syndication thing. And then they get stuck. So walk us through, how were you able to build up that business? Yeah. So my philosophy on, on anything that I want to get into is, is number one, be super educated on, on what I am doing, right? So first and foremost, if you introduce me to a concept, whether it's, whether it's fishing, whether it's you know, technology-based, whether it's even my, my latest thing, my remarkable tablet, is to learn everything there Good is. Great things know. about those. <laughs> oh man, oh, it's, it's awesome. It's, it's a game changer. It, it's, it's really about learning as much as you need to be confident to take action, right? And, and that includes learning in all mediums, right? It's, it's books, it's audio books, it's, it's podcasts, it's YouTube videos. Once I learn, you start to figure out, start to find patterns, right? The patterns are the same themes keep coming up. So now they get registered as truths. Once I have enough truths about a particular topic, then it's about what is my plan to take action, right? What are, what are the steps, right? And, and documenting those steps, what do I need to do? Step one, step two, step three. When it comes to syndication, it's obviously raising capital um, and doing it legally. So you have to learn the, the legalities around it, associate myself with a proper attorney. Once the right pieces are in place, the knowledge and education and awareness is there. You have the support structure, the people that you can depend on. For me, it was it was bigger pockets, the forums. Now I know that I need to just take massive action, right? And and that is that is where you don't tiptoe around it. There's no analysis paralysis. I've did the analysis. I've got the education. I believe that I can do it, right? Because we talked about I, the perseverance is there. I'm not going to give up. And then, then it's just taking massive action. And it's, it's, it's a lot of attention to details when it comes to syndication, raising money, it's putting yourself in the investor's shoes. What do they want to hear? Are you on the other side of this? What, what would you invest yourself? And, and a lot of it is, yeah, there's, there's trust in me and, and, you know, Hearthfire Holdings, my company and who we are and what we do. But it's also about does it make sense, right? Does it make sense for me? What I want to do is what they're what is what the sponsor saying makes sense. 
Uh, you know, you can get into all the nitty gritty details of the deal, the, the, the numbers and everything, but ultimately there's, there's the personal due diligence. So putting myself in the investor's shoes, I had a network of individuals that already knew me and trusted me. So having that is where you start, right? You obviously start eating your own dog food, right? So I started buying my own investment property. So now I can prove that I know real estate investing. If I started without ever having to do it, I, I don't know that I would have found as many investors, but we had a track record. We had a couple of years under our belts of, of doing this with our own money, uh, with our own uh, investments. And then we started with just being really generous with, with splits and, and equity and that kind of thing. And then as sophistication, our team has grown. Um, now, you know, our, our, our company speaks for itself. And that is, is amazing how I can tell through the way you're talking about it, not only the passion that you personally have for multifamily and, and syndication and commercial real estate and now self-storage, but also, you know, the, the giving aspect, right? You weren't just in it to make a quick buck. You really wanted to help educate and make sure that your investors had the resources that they needed to make informed decisions for themselves. Um, almost like the same path you went through with the education and the mindset and taking massive action. Um, it sounds like you were leading your investors through that same journey by providing that education, making sure they had that right mindset, making sure they knew of your track record, and then helping to get them into these deals. All right. Yeah, uh, so that's, that's, I think the key is, is what you just said is bringing an investor through an education process, right? I mean, it's, it's not something that, I mean, sure, you can do some research to learn about it, but even sponsors have, have different approaches to it, right? There's a lot of deal specifics, sponsor specifics, platform specific. So walking the investor to make them as comfortable as possible to understand what your, what your strategy is, what your goals are, uh, what the investment is really goes a long way. Yeah. So now I want to shift and I want to talk about that, um, that transition that you made from multifamily into self-storage. And so tell us a little bit about that. What were you seeing out there with multifamily when you were trying to go down that path? And what led you to ultimately say, you know what, I think there's a better way we're going to shift and go down the self-storage route. Yeah, so it's it started with, I mean, two, you go back to 2017 and really 2018 was, we were, I mean, I, I worked in the, for the Federal Reserve System for 22 years, right? So for, from, from that perspective, I've been exposed intimately with all of the economic cycles, right? The, the growth of the recessions and what have you. We were 10 years, we were approaching 10 years into an expansion cycle. So the market is cyclical, and with the market being cyclical, we knew that there was, I mean, it was hyper accelerated, uh, overinflated at that time, we thought. And we knew that, uh, I, I felt that there was a market downturn. There was, it, was, it was unprecedented, the run that we were on. So I'm, I'm, very, I'm a big believer in strategy. You can't time the market. However, you can have a strategy, you can have a game plan. And in order to have a, for me to have that strategy, it was to evaluate 
the, this current year, the following year, and try to try to you know have a general uh, sense as to what I think the market's going to do. So for me, when I looked at property valuations, they were high. They're 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 still very high, even higher than they were then. In hindsight, I could have probably stayed in multifamily and did okay, but it was a matter of how do I protect my investors. Right? How do I exit these properties that have done really well? How do I prove my model full cycle, which is critical for a sponsor? Prove that model full cycle. I had a strategy. I knew the asset class did really well. Self-storage did really well during the, the, the Great Recession. So I, I had an idea that this was a, a better way to pivot. Self-storage wasn't nearly as hot as it is even today. So I was kind of rewinding the where multifamily was for a, a couple of years before. So I knew that it would give me a little bit more runway. From there, it was just a matter of articulating a game plan and a strategy. I wasn't telling my investors, hey, I'm just going to start buying self-storage. There was a lot of education that went into it. It was building that thesis, building that strategy. I recognized early on that there were some greater economies of scale. You can buy multiple properties, you can brand them. There's a lot of things that you can do in addition to the market resilience, the performance in down economies, up economies. So from there, when, when I articulated the strategy to our existing investors, it made sense to them, right? And so that was, that was the key. Uh, and then from there, it was just uh, being strategic. We didn't go out and buy the first properties. We lost a few properties. I looked at a lot of properties before we landed on one that made perfect sense. And then from there, the transition uh, wasn't, uh, it was difficult in the sense that I had, now I had to learn the business. Once we made the acquisition, I knew I bought right, uh, but now it was the execution part. And and it, was, it wasn't an easy start. I mean, the first property we bought, the previous owner, used paper ledgers. And so I knew what to me, it was a technology play, right? Because I knew that yeah. I had to just implement the systems, which was fantastic. And that proved to be, I mean, that project's going to be a home run. But now it was just a matter of uh, executing, getting the right people in place and everything. And, and there was some, it was a learning curve, but I'm the type that I'm not going to stop at anything, do whatever needs to be done. And, and that's what it took. And then once, once I did that and started growing our team, around that for growth, uh, bringing in the right experts. I, I have a team of elite players across all facets of my business. Um, so that, that's now the, the, the goal is growth and scale. I love that uh, blue ocean strategy. You know, when you're not able, when you're hitting a wall with one thing and trying to figure out, okay, how can I shift and think outside the box? And it sounds like that's what you did. And so tell us a little bit, if somebody were in your same shoes, I know the, the market is a little bit different today and there's certainly more competition in the self-storage space, but if somebody were in um, the same shoes that you were in a few years back, where maybe they're starting out in multifamily and thinking about syndicating and they're underwriting all these deals, looking at all these properties and nothing makes sense. They want to pivot to something else. Maybe it's self-storage. Maybe it's another asset class. What advice would you have for them? It, it, it starts with the education. Um, no, it's, it's one thing to say, hey, I'm interested in strip malls or office buildings. I don't know who would be interested in office buildings now, but what... 
what is the thesis, right? What is, what is the strategy behind that? And then learn that asset class. You have to, number one, not just speak the lingo, but understand what that business is. Every asset class, with, especially within real estate, has its own nuances, right? And so you have to learn that. To me, it's, it's finding who are the elite players in the industry, read their books, Right. Once you read their books, then it's then it's again picking up on the patterns. Um, I went, you know, even when I started in multifamily, finding those people that I can tell know all about it, pick their brains, plug into the right networks, talk to the brokers associated with it. Once you feel comfortable that you can look at two properties side by side and and really know that one is this is the one to buy. Uh, you know, being diligent, that's, that's when it's, you're able to take the move. I, you know, I'm, I'm a firm believer in uh, really detailed analysis. Um, I, I did my own underwriting. I, I have uh, part of my team now that does the underwriting, but I did my own underwriting, uh, stress tested my models to make sure that if something changed, uh, know those, know the markets. I, I see too often from uh, my our property management division, and even even in uh, just in the industry where people do what I call paper napkin analysis. They put together some spreadsheet income expenses. This is what it is, and and that's what they go on. Right? It's that's not how you do it. You got to forecast it over time. You got to understand what the implication of property taxes are when you buy. You understand, you know, we I will even tweak my models. Down to the specific unit size to determine what the rate increases should be over time for that unit type in that market for that facility. So it's very, very detailed. Uh, that's where the devil is in the details. That's when you're able to get the margins, and then from there it gives you a lot of uh, a different, uh, uh, you know, room for error. Uh, you can be a little bit more forgiving if if you're that type. But if you only look at it from one perspective and you miss then then it's very risky. I love what you said about finding the experts in this space. A lot of people get hung up on the how, and often it's really about finding the right who's who are already doing it and figuring out how they're doing it and following in their footsteps, which brings me to my next question. Before we wrap the show, I definitely wanted to ask you about your coaching program that you had mentioned. So what do you coach people on? Tell us a little bit about that. So I'm, I'm a firm believer in your, in, in a fulfilling holistic life and, Wealth is a tool for that, right? I, I am not a believer in building and growing wealth for stuff. It's for experiences. It's for health and vitality. It's for designing a life that is most rewarding and then ultimately giving back, right? I, I once heard someone say, anybody that tells you, money is the root of all evil, hasn't given away enough of it, right? And so to me, that's very powerful and it gives you a real strong why. So my coaching programs are intended to be holistic in life, right? If I'm, we're, we're naturally drawn to business, right? Business has a really easy way to keep score in the sense of income, bank accounts, right? Happiness is is a little bit 
is a little different. Being fulfilled is a little different. So I like to think it starts with, with your mindset. Um, I, I live, my, my magical power is my meditation practice. I meditate every day, have been for a very long time. That leads to being more mindful. Being mindful allows you to understand what you're thinking, what you're feeling, being present more. And then what are your goals around that? How do, how do I amplify and make sure that I'm feeling as well as I can for as long as I can, right? And so to me, it's looking at an individual holistically. It's not, let's get on a call and I'll tell you how to buy a self-storage facility. Sure, that's a piece of it, right? It's, it's building wealth, it's understanding real estate, but I'm about a holistic way of looking at it. If we're looking at uh, getting to the technical uh, uh, analysis pieces of it, what are you reading? Who are you following? What, what is, how are you continuing to grow your knowledge in a particular industry? So my coaching program is tailored to the individual. What are the goals? If it's just, I'm just looking for the answers. I'm not your guy. I'm the type of person that is, I'm going to teach you how to fish, not just give you fish. And that is, um, and, and I keep a very small roster of individuals that I coach, generally three to five. I just don't have the time to, you know, in the day of the week. However, it's, it's a two-way approach. I want it to be that we're accountability partners. If I'm coaching you, then I want to make sure that you're getting value out of it. I'm giving the value out of it and you're receiving it and taking that action. If not, then, then I don't want you to waste your time and money with me either. So it's, it's very tailored. Um, it's, it's specific. Uh, I do a lot of group coaching as well. The platform was just uh, grown from an interest in wanting to share and teach what I've learned. The best people in the industry, whatever industry it is, uh, whether it's Warren Buffett on uh, investing, they can teach you. They're not afraid to teach because the execution piece requires a different set. So it's not like we have any, any, any secrets here, right? So that's why it's about giving and, and giving back and expanding the individual and helping growth. I'm, I'm more of a growth coach than I am a real estate or self-storage coach. I know that was a long-winded answer, so... Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. It's all about giving at the heart of it. It's all about impact. It's about that why. It's not about building wealth so you can buy more stuff. It's about giving back and making that difference, which clearly, Sergio, you're not just talking the talk, but you're walking the walk. And so it's phenomenal all that you've built. I can't believe you've built that in this amount of time to go from that duplex, which wasn't zoned properly as a duplex even, yeah. And then you went from there into um, syndication and now multiple lines of business. And now you're giving back through coaching. It's just fantastic. And I know our listeners are going to want to follow up with you and learn more. So tell them what's the best place that they can go. So two, two places, investwithsergio.com, get access to Hearthfire Capital, uh, which is our, our private equity syndication arm. Uh, from there, there's also links to Hearthfire Holdings, our property management division, so on and so forth. Pivotalcoaching.co is the coaching uh, site there. That platform is just launching there. I, I, I don't have a whole lot of room in my my roster right now from the Bigger Pockets uh, uh, podcast. There's a lot of a lot of interest there. 
Uh, but there's, you know, sign up for the mailing list, uh, get on every, any one of our mailing lists. I love to provide content. So even if it's not, uh, you're not interested in say self-storage or, or, or coaching or anything like that, we like to share across real estate and, and looking to launch a podcast myself this year. Uh, there's, there's more than going into the, the, the idea that it's more than just real estate and wealth. It's, it's, uh, it's it's sharing what I've learned. Um, I'm also it's also worth saying that when someone works with me, they're working with an you know a network of people that are behind me. I'm plugged in whether it's GoBundance, different mastermind groups. So through me, there's access to a lot of information, and I'm I'm a bookworm. I'm you know I'm the one that asks all the questions. So that is really tapping into an individual and not just me, that just goes for anybody, whether it's yourself and, you know, when you tap into an individual, you got to realize you're also tapping into their network, you know, and I, I've got a, 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 a shelf there of all of the authors that I personally know that have written books. So it's direct access to the people that have written the book on things. So. So that's a great way to connect with me. I'm also on LinkedIn. Uh, I'm on Facebook. I, I'm, I'm not a big fan, but I'm there anyway. All right, Sergio Altomare, thank you so much for being here with us today. And to all of our listeners, be sure to follow up with Sergio, learn more, sign up for all that he's offering, because clearly you can tell he's seen a lot of success and there's a lot of value there. All right, thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode of the Real Estate Syndication Spotlight. Thanks, Annie. Thanks for listening to the Real Estate Syndication Spotlight. If you are a real estate investor or syndicator who would like to be on this podcast, please visit syndicationspotlight.com and please also join the Real Estate Syndication Spotlight Facebook group so we can connect with you and learn more about you. And if you got something out of this episode, we'd love it if you could subscribe to this show and give us a rating and review. We promise to read your feedback and take action to continue to make this show even better and more valuable for the real estate syndication community. My name is Annie Dickerson. And I'm Julie Lamb. Thanks for listening. And thank you for being a part of the real estate syndication spotlight community.